to another episode of Weeb Weekly, an anime podcast diving into all of the news you need to know from the weeby world, and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I'm joined, as always, by the man with a million figurines, Steve the Save Point Cosplayer. Joe, I got a feeling this is going to be our best episode yet. Listeners, you're in for a special treat. Well, best episode, because we got the best fate ever that we get to talk about today ever i you know what in some aspects yes and and in some aspects no well we'll get to that a little bit later on I will, of course, tell you that, uh, of course, you can find a new episode of Weeb Weekly every single Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. We are streaming on all those podcast apps, so be sure to, you know, look us up and, you know, download. And then from there, like, subscribe and, you know, give us a little review and give us a little thumbs up and be like, hey, keep giving me that weeby goodness each and every week. Yes, we'll get to fate much further down the line, Steve. It seems like you had some disappointment this week. I did. I actually was thinking of adding these as news stories, but they're too they're too small. They're too many. So I wanted to throw on two things to start off here. Drugstore in another world. Now, this is a new anime airing this season. The reason why I'm even talking about this is because Japan is not even trying anymore with these synopses. I would love to read this one for you really quick. It is an isekai, of course, in another world. How could it not be? Just listen to this. Reiji uh, Kiro was a corporate wage slave who did nothing but work all day, every day. On a typical day, walking to work with a hollow look on his face, he suddenly found himself in the forest of another world. Quote, oh, this must be one of those isekai reincarnations people talk about. <laughs> End quote. Two skills he has is appraise and drug discovery. Those don't sound pref- uh, too impressive. Well, whatever. Except he's trying to be most overpowered skills. And so the story begins. First off, I love how they just say, oh, this must be one of those isekais. Like, even anime characters know. Whoops. <laughs> we're in an isekai. <laughs> Whoops. And I actually did read the reviews of this. This show, somehow, the creators are like, we're going to do t- a-, a double feature for this. And apparently it is boring as shit. The entire, like, hour is just not really entertaining at all. I've heard that the manga does a little bit better job on it, but, Joe, I'm not doing it. But I'm just saying you're not even trying anymore. If you're going to do an isekai out there, you got to have a really strong hook to even get me in these days. I think all the hooks have been spent. Steve, every isekai is boring as shit. Speaking of isekais that are actually good, we have, unfortunately, a delay. Rising of the Shield Hero. Delayed to April 2022. This one I actually do like about a guy who's just tricked in the beginning and has to work his way up and has an adorable raccoon uh, daughter, essentially. No um, specific reason why is, quote, due to various reasons, it is delayed to April 22, 2022. A little bummed out about that, but 
I guess we gotta wait till next year. We'll be still on the air, and I'll definitely be talking about this show. Almost cosplays Naofumi at one point. Ended up not doing it. It's never too late. You should. You love that character. <laughs> he doesn't have many props, too. He only has a shield, which everyone jokes shield. about, but apparently it turns out to be a very overpowered weapon when using the right hands. Uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting twist, but... That's it, really. Not really much worth to talk about, but drugstore in another world. What are you guys doing? I'm, there's too much to talk about, Steve. This is a week of disappointments. You've had your disappointments. I've had my disappointments. Like, Steve, there was a report today. I almost added this to the Weeb Week that was, but we'll keep it short. This comes from Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku East. Love him. He Re- he is ha- he is one third of our. Co- <laughs> I know. He's, of our he's basically a, he's basically the third chair at this point. Report. Judgment series is ending over PC version disagreement. Sega scored a big coup by signing up Takuya Kimura, one of Japan's biggest celebrities, to star in its Judgment games. Of course, Judgment being the Yakuza spinoff, a series near and dear to my heart. With Kimura comes bona fide star credentials and, of course, talent agency power. That last point, according to one report, could be the budding franchise's downfall. According to weekly publication Nikon Taishu, a Japanese entertainment insider is quoted as saying that the upcoming Lost Judgment will be the last in the series because those on the side of the game developer and those on the side of Kimura's talent agency Johnny's are said to have been unable to reach agreement regarding the platforms to sell the game. Steve, apparently, I'm just going to summarize from there, of course, Sega has been making this huge push to bring Yakuza games to the West. They used to come over very rarely, and they used to, years after they were released in Japan, and they would only really be released on PlayStation consoles. But now they're everywhere. The Yakuza games are on Xbox. The Yakuza games are on Steam. Most importantly, apparently, apparently Johnny's, Kimura's talent agency, doesn't want the game on Steam. They're not okay with the game being on PC, and they don't want his likeness, which they technically own, to be on a PC-based platform, and so that might kill the Judgment franchise. Joe, I don't believe it, because money talks. This is... Maybe. This is, to me, they're just holding out for a better deal. What, why? Why Why would they not want to be on PC? Other than what? It, it, it's too graphically intense? No, it's apparently just that it's a bunch of old fogies is literally the reason. The point of contention, as explained by Nikon Taishu, is that Sega apparently sees the PC as vital from a business point of view. Makes sense. Video, co- video game company, you want to release your games on PC because there's a lot of people playing on PC. For Johnny's, which still hasn't quite fully embraced the internet like others in the music business, releasing a game directly online through a PC platform could be problematic for their business model. It's just old people. Johnny's didn't open a YouTube channel until 2018, is what this article says. But PC gaming predates all gaming. You had Pong back in the 60s. They don't want it, Steve. They, just they want don't want it. I, it's just—it's literally—it's literally just they're old and don't like computers, and it may kill judgment. They're in the wrong business of having a character likeness, specifically for video games, if they don't want it on PC. 
Does it does it have to be has, on PC? Does it? Ha- I mean, it doesn't have to be on PC, I, mean, I guess. But no, it doesn't have to be on PC. But Sega would really, really like it to be on PC so that more people buy it. I oh. mean, Judgment was, I believe, I believe PlayStation exclusive for a while. I think it came to Xbox and PC later, maybe. I, bu- I, bu- I believe that's correct. I, I believe it came out, obviously, on PlayStation, probably PC soon after, and Xbox way later. I want to see real quick if it ever came to, because it, it, would, it wouldn't make much sense if this came, if the first one came to PC. No, it just says PlayStation 4 is all it's on right now. And then April, t- oh, April 23rd, 2021, the first game came to PS5, Xbox Series X and Stadia. Stadia still hanging in there. But no PC. Stadia's A-OK by Johnny's, but PC, no. (laughs) Cloud (laughs) cloud gaming, totally okay, but actually downloading it, no way. Nope, no way, no way. You're not getting Kimura's likeness from that. Oh, my God, Steve. If there's – if – they better pull out all the stops then, which it seems like they're doing for this second Judgment game, but – Judgment is so damn cool, and as we know, Yakuza can literally go on forever, so presumably Judgment can literally go on forever. I need more Judgment. I haven't even had the second game yet, and I want more Judgment. I haven't even played the first one. I want to play it. I'm still stuck on Valhalla, damn it, and I can't get out of it because you'll call me, you know, a weakling, a, uh, you know, a coward for not finishing it. Now, if you gave up Assassin's Creed Valhalla for Judgment, I'd be proud of you. Now, the next game I'm playing I'd after Valhalla is, as we know, 13 Sentinels. That I'd also be, I'm also proud of you for that. Well, I'm glad you're not giving up, Steve, because I'm calling defeat. I'm giving up. I'm I'm sorry, One Piece. It, this is where it, it ends. <laughs> no, this no, is it no. Ends. If anything, if anything, I've been I've been plowing ahead. I'm I'm well into Alabasta at this point. They are on the Grand Line. We have met Vivi. I have got Vivi as part of the crew Good right girl. now. Good I'm in girl. Good like, girl. Great girl. I'm in I'm in the I'm in like the best part right now. I'm having so much fun. It's a blast. We're about to get Chopper. Ooh, I'm so excited. No, Steve. I want to publicly declare. That Persona 5 Strikers beat me. Whoa, this is news to me. I this is a side you, you can't. This is gonna be the one Persona game that you will not platinum. I can't do it, man. I it's it's I would literally have to start and play an entire another game, or I would either have to play a new game plus entirely, almost all the way through to max out all the bonds, or I would have to play the same boss fight like 40 times to max out all the bonds neither of which sound very appealing to me when i could like have more fun playing other video games two things first what why is this bad where you literally played persona 5 technically i would say three times twice the original game and then the royale by itself which i yes i know it's different but you can you can stick with me. That is basically playing a lot of it for the. No, I, I had to play I had to play Persona Five legitimately three times through, and I'll tell you what it is, Steve. I just love that game way more than I love Persona Five Strikers. Persona Five Strikers a lot, but I wouldn't say it's like. I'd say Persona Five is legitimately one of my favorite games of all time. Persona Five Strikers is a great game, not one of my favorite games of all time. It's a fun time hanging out with these characters a little bit more. But Persona Five, oh my god, Persona Five. 
you weren't live we weren't living together when I was playing Persona 5. I ended that game and like literally as soon as the credits ended, booted up a new game plus and bocked my way into the, into my second playthrough. So, wow. I was like immediate I was immediately on that. This I'm like I want to give it time. I'm not saying the battle is over, but the war is not done. I could see myself pulling a Persona 4 Golden where, like, I went back years later. Like, I played it in, like, 2016, and then last year, for whatever reason, went back and got the Platinum and played through it again. I could see myself, give me some time, give me some distance. I could see myself at some point further down the line, because I have to send this back to Gamefly, Maybe I'll buy Persona 5 Strikers and and give it another and give it another go. Cause I'm two trophies away. I just have to finish the inmate registry and I have to finish the bonds. And the bonds are what takes forever because you just have to grind that stupid XP out so much. Tell me what you thought of the Muso game mechanics. This is your first Muso game. Oh yeah, I've never played. I've never played one for people who don't know Musou, where you just are literally just like fighting hundreds of enemies on screen, and it just feels good to just like destroy all of them. And yeah, it feels great. It was fun. It it felt. I was surprised at how Persona it felt, where you are still you're running around still, and you're doing the action, of course. So it's not turn based like the original game, but it feels real good to like pop out your Persona, throw a spell down, wipe out forty guys in one go. It feels good. Okay. I don't Did think... it get more complicated? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I told yeah, I told you like, it would. Yeah, you're like you're you're doing all your spells, you're hopping around from you want to have your party set up and you're hopping around from character to character. So you don't only have to play as Joker, you can like be like, "Oh, I flip over to Ryuji, throw down some lightning and then flip over to on and like do a healing spell or whatever." So you can like jump around the characters. It's fun. It was cool. I don't think it's a genre that I would really go out of my way to play unless it was like a property that I really care about. Like I'm probably not gonna go do the Zelda ones. I'm probably not gonna like do a Dynasty Zelda one's Warriors good game. And the, and the, and the Zelda oh, I'm sure one it is. is good. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's, I just don't it, care it's about a prequel. Zelda. Cool. <laughs> I just I don't know, care and, about Zelda <laughs> as much as Persona. So like, okay. Uh, it's it's. I'm sure it is good. I'm sure. I mean, people people love Dynasty Warriors, right? <laughs> Apparently, the movie bombed on Netflix. Oh. Yeah, no, there was a yeah. movie, and uh, I know, I the only other one I've played is the the Fire Emblem one, which was also really good too, because you went through a lot of the different like games, and actually had a lot of what if scenarios too, which was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure they're all good. I just, if it's not Persona, who cares, you know? But does oh, life man, matter? Dude, if there, if there was Persona? a Yakuza Muso, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me oh, right that's, now? That's perfect. Like, that would they could be do awesome. easily do that. Yeah, yeah, just like I guess I guess they kinda did. There was that like remember the like real time strategy little mini game that was in a couple Yakuza games? Where yeah, you literally just have like hundreds that. of dudes running at you. Not quite a Muso, but I guess similar concept. So yeah, anyway. We shall see. Maybe two years from now I'll return to Persona 5 Strikers. But until then, I bid you adieu. Makoto. And Kasumi, but she wasn't in Persona 5 Strikers, unfortunately. <sighs> missed opportunity. Oh, very missed opportunity. She was great. I loved that character. Ugh. Play Persona 5 Royal. Stop everything. 13 Sentinels, play. Assassin's Creed, play. Persona 5 Royal.
No. The game. No, I gotta play something. The new. game that got me through 2020 quarantine. Anyway, that was me. It was Final Fantasy VII. Oh, another good call. <laughs> and it was the Division Two, but that's not weeb related. So let's get into the weeb week that was, shall we? Of course, the we got a lot of stories up. The first one, which was pretty big news in the anime world, Anime Studio Foldable founder Hikaru Kondo formally indicted with invade with evading 137 million yen in taxes. So this is actually a previous, an older story that really actually broke now, as in like the investigation came to light. So I just want to put that in context. The Special Investigation Department of Tokyo's Public Prosecutor's Office issued a formal indictment on Friday to the anime studio Ufotable and Ufotable's founder, representative director, and president Hikaru Kondo on the charge of violating a corporation tax, uh, tax act and a consumption tax act, which is about failing to pay 1.24 million U.S. dollars. In a statement on uh, his website on Friday, Ufotable acknowledged the inc- incident indictment and also gave insurances the company has already corrected the tax return and paid the appropriate amount. Um, this indictment specified that Ufotable allegedly owed about $999,000 in corporate taxes in 2015 and 2018, and the rest of the money was from September 2014 to August uh, 2018. Apparently, this is, I find this very interesting too. Previous reports that the um, Manichi uh, Shimbun newspaper last year claimed that Kondo purportedly held about 30% of the proceeds from some of Ufotable's anime themed restaurants in Tokyo and stored them in a private safe at home. The report said that Ufotable allegedly owed 135 million yet min yen at the taxes at the time, though, while the investigation was developing. Kondo eventually resigned from his role as chairman of the executive committee uh, for Machi Asubi, the uh, Tokushima event, which Ufotable was once the main organizer in May 2019. So, very interesting. Ufotable, amazing studio. We're actually going to be talking about Ufotable, but Kondo, not very, uh, very, you know, credible person right now. That's pretty wild. It really just puts every time we've mentioned how much money Demon Slayer Mugen Train has made as like best grossing films in Japan ever, puts it in a whole new context. Where'd that money go? Where'd those billions of yen go? I cannot believe 30% of the proceeds (laughs) literally just stumped in a safe at home from the restaurant. That's That's so so much much money. money. That's something like a cartoon (laughs) villain in, in, you know, what Batman would do. (laughs) Damn, that is wild. We, I, I mean, I hope this doesn't tank Mufotable. I have a feeling it won't since they've already released a statement and said, we did it. We paid it. Don't worry. Don't look at our books. So, It'll be interesting to see where this comes from. I have to imagine Kondo, it says he resigned his role uh, of chairman of the executive committee. I have to imagine he can't stay at Ufotable either. No, no. Probably gone after this, too. Yeah, but as I said, I mentioned before, this all happened in the past. This statement came out now. And, you know, Ufotable is a great studio, and I feel that it just makes it more interesting in the light given that uh, they've been so popular in the news now that the founder is basically 
on the way out. I don't know how much uh, he, uh, Hikaru Kondo actually was involved in making, you know, Ufotable so much of a success. I feel like you have some type of uh, responsibility at that level, but, you know, it's just that studio pedigree of all the animators doing all that amazing work that I feel like, it, you know, are the real heroes of this company. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have to imagine he hasn't had, like, a day-to-day role in Slayer. He's probably not boots on the ground with, you know, Demon Slayer fate anymore. So, yeah, hopefully the animators get to uh, continue putting out their stellar, stellar work that we will talk about a little bit down the line. Another anime studio in hot water, one that we have been tracking since last week, MAPPA comments on animator pay rates in statement. Of course, last week we spoke about how there were some tweets going around about some pretty low rates in MAPPA, specifically uh, in their conjunction with Netflix when they were working with Netflix on presumably Yasuke. But MAPPA released a statement on Wednesday. This comes from Rafael Antonio Pineda from Anime News Network. They released a statement on Wednesday afternoon to address recent discussions about one of the company's as yet unannounced productions, saying that information has been shared and discussed in ways that invite misunderstanding, quotes. MAPPA claimed that it has never offered unreasonable compensation to, quote, creators, a term used in this context to refer to an anime's creative staff, including animators, but offered rates that are fair relative to the budget of the project, whether in current or past projects. It also claimed that it has never forced or or coerced creators to work. However, MAPPA said in its statement on Wednesday that the man was not a project ordered by a major platform. The anime was not a project ordered by a, quote, major platform, but the latest work in an existing TV series and one which it was already planning. MAPPA offered the upcoming anime for distribution to a, quote, major platform, with production beginning after the sale price and then the budget of the show was finalized. So basically, MAPPA just... Deny, deny, deny. You speak in my language. This is just covering your ass. I, I, I like always like a follow-up story to see that because this was one of the major stories that, you know, getting in a little bit behind the curtain of how much people are being paid for all of these um, scenes in animation. And I have to say... One thing that is, like, so subjective is that, what, they said they offered fair rates relative to the budget of the project. Who knows what that means? A fair oh. rate to the to, to the direct, you know, to the head of MAPPA is a lot different than and the actual what person Relative to, to the budget. What is it? That's word soup right there for sure. Yeah, of course. It is very cover your ass. It's very, it's very corporate speak, which I guess, like, I can't imagine we were expecting MAPPA to come out and be like, We've changed our ways, but who knows? Who knows what's happening behind the curtain? Who knows what conversations are being had? Maybe they just had to put this statement out and maybe good things are happening, or maybe it's trying to brush it under the rug a little bit. I guess only time will tell until the next Japanese animator tweets out what rates they got for a TV show. We're going to keep going with any of these stories that pop up because... Joe I and myself are committed to at least sharing this news and trying to put in that spotlight to get this change. It is no secret that many animators in Japan have said that it is very low rates, very long hours, and they deserve better pay and a more 
livable lifestyle, essentially, a more workable lifestyle. So the only way even we're able to contribute that is to keep putting this in the news and keep informing you of what companies are saying in response to what they're worth. The next story up, which we have, definitely deserved its own segment, Vinland Saga anime getting a second season. The English subtitle, Vinland Saga, second announcement, memorial movie announcement went last Wednesday that the production of the second season of Vinland Saga has been greenlit. Director Shue Yabato and character designer Takehiko Aburu are returning for the second season. For reference, the first anime season premiered July 2019 on Amazon, of all places, and streamed both in Japan and overseas. Not much other than that. Yeah, Not surprised, but damn am I excited. I have been, yeah, this is one that I am chomping at the bit for. Vinland Saga, first season, honestly one of the best shows I've seen in years, honestly, in recent memory. One that just had me riveted from front to end. It's so good. I cannot wait to see where it heard that the next arc is amazing and fucking brutal. So I'm ready for it. It's not spoilers, but ah. apparently all the first season yeah, was just I guess, Yeah, exactly. Just I, when, it, when that popped on the screen, because I didn't know, and then all of a sudden the first season ends with prologue over. And I was like, what is going on? So I have no idea where this show is going. It seems like it is ratcheting up to be an epic, epic tale. I don't know. Have you met any any crossover between Vinland Saga and, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Do you know where the story's going? Not a damn thing. I wish there was more. I just want to roleplay Ascalad, one of the best characters I've seen in... in yeah, I don't want to honestly. say anime. I want to say fictional properties in general. So well written for, for you know 24 episodes. And I'm interested to see where uh, Thorfinn, where, he, where the, you know, the story seems to be going toward him. I know. I'm also very uh, interested because where we leave, over. no spoilers for Vinland Saga, but if you don't want to know anything about Vinland Saga season one, skip ahead a little bit. I highly recommend it, especially with where we leave the story at the end of season one. I almost am like, are we going to see these other characters? Are we going to see Thorkel? How much of Thorkel are we going to see? How much of the Prince of Canute are we going to see? Because I don't know where this story is going, but I'm excited. They better. They better. Are they ever going to reach Vinland? 200 episodes. America? Give it to me. Probably. Probably. Our final story. <laughs> oh, go. Oh. Well, this was... I was going to say, this was oh, our this anime definitely season. definitely my top I think this was our, our top anime for definitely. 2019. Yeah. It's high hopes for season two. No announcement of exactly when it's happening, but... Given that it's greenlit, I wouldn't be surprised if it's next year, 2022, or the year after. Our final story, the Demon Slayer game. Take us home, Joe. What's our last story? Game has a new trailer that shows off the game's Suzumi Mansion, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the Hinokami Chronicles, an adaptation of the enormously popular anime, got a spotlight trailer during Thursday's PlayStation State of Play. The game features voice work from the series' original English and Japanese language actors. Thursday's trailer also showed more of the game in action. 
the Hinokami Chronicles will adapt the Tanjiro Kamado Unwavering Resolve arc and Mugen Train arc from Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Today's trailer featured Suzumi Mansion giving looks fans a look at both gameplay and story. Demon Slayer is being developed by CyberConnect2, best known for their work on Dragon Ball and Naruto titles, which I'm assuming is why you might be excited for this, Steve. The story is a tale of love, loss, becoming a legendary demon blade, and then trying to save your sister from being a demon. What a, what a description. In other words, a concept which should work well for a 3D fighting game. <laughs> Two things. The reason why I added on here. First, I think it is telling that an anime video game got a prime placement for PlayStation for their state of play. Did not see that coming. I mean, I, this could have been just a game popping up like, I don't know, any of the Naruto games or even, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joe, One Piece World Seeker. That's not getting a, a prime spotlight in uh, state of play. But this game did. And it it was a buzz on Twitter. Uh, and other than that, CyberConnect2, they make great games. They were actually originally chosen to make a Final Fantasy VII Remake. They got, I guess maybe they had a different vision, but they are perfect for this game because I, you know I've told, said that. The yeah, you raise a good point. It's the power well, of Demon Slayer that it, it holds no, no bounds. It will be everywhere. Demon Slayer, I... It's almost, I feel like it could almost be one of the ones that, that goes mainstream. I feel like it almost, I mean, I guess it kind of already has, but yeah, I feel like it is on the cusp, especially when I see it literally every time I log into Netflix now. It's like the splash page that I get when I first log into Netflix is Demon Slayer. So it's popular. People are buzzing about it still. Did you watch, I'm assuming you maybe watched the state of play, so did you see the trailer? Did you watch the, the Zenitsu gameplay? <laughs> He's just, you just have to like, yes, you're just like cowering around with a lantern in the dark, just like walking around all scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you'll get like a, br I'm sure for him, if CyberConnect's going to do it right, they're probably going to do a, a very elaborate quick time event for his uh, lightning attack, his first form, his Is only form that he knows. I yes, I know there's more forms, but he only knows the first one. You're I gonna feel play like this you're game? most likely going to watch Whoa. me play it, Joe. Let's be real. You can play it with me. You don't me. love Demon Slayer. Yeah. Love, yeah, I love CyberConnect. Sure. I like Demon Slayer. I would say Mugen Train. What about last night? One of the best anime movies I've seen, and I've seen a lot. Oh. I've seen a lot. Uh, nope, Demon Slayer's still better. <laughs> Demon Slayer's still better. More. I don't want to say anything. Friends, listeners, you have to wait until we talk about Spring Song. If, if, if that's what We're almost there. Then let's get to it, because we, before we talk about wheels, the Wheel of Fate, need to discuss some upcoming shows from anime 2021 last week steve basically gave his report card on spring 2021 and now we're going to discuss the shows hypothetically we will be watching in summer 2021 hypothetically 
hypothetically. I've already started all of so these. So there Joe. are new anime coming. There are some continuing. Will I watch any of them? Who knows? Steve has apparently already started any of them. So sell me, Steve. What is going on in summer 2021 of anime? Is there anything out there that I would like? Judging from these titles, I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not, but I'm excited. So, first one up, uh, I got Aqua Trope on the White Sand. This is done by Studio PA Works and is a anime airing on Crunchyroll. It takes place in Okinawa about an aquarium. It, is, it features two main characters. We have uh, Fuka Miyazawa, who is basically a was an idol that quit uh at the peak of her prime it's essentially is having some doubts i've only seen the first episode so there's gonna be more to come um and uh kukuru uh misakino who is the director of the aquarium too you have uh fuka who has i would say even though she's in her like i don't know if you can say you can run away from home if you're like in your late 20s or mid 20s Cause she, but she has basically left and you know lied to her parents where she is because she needed to get away, and winds up at Okinawa, um, which only the money in her pocket it looks like in one suitcase, uh, and meets uh, Kukuru in the aquarium and just becomes snippet with her, uh, and just asks for a job at the aquarium because she just gets so attached and being in this area, it reminds me a lot right now of the scuba uh, uh, anime I saw, Anamanchu, which I really loved, which was about two years ago, about just two girls who have two, um, I guess, issues in life, and they probably will see that um, that resonance and what they've been looking for, what's filling the hole in their heart in each other all along. I really like the first episode. There is, ironically, not let's say ironically, but surprisingly, some type of mysticism also in this anime where there is apparently a secret of the aquarium. They actually mentioned that it was, uh, some, you know, uh, older cave during World War II, which I usually don't see any World War II references in any anime. But apparently there's some spirits. I mean, you almost have Fuka get like I was I was like kidnapped by all these like water spirits or something she has almost like like a vision which kind of like you know compels her to be like this aquarium is giving me something it'll give me some direction in my life and I like the first episode I am going to continue it and see where it leads it is going to be 24 episodes too which I find interesting it doesn't feel like a 24 episode anime it feels like a 12 episode it looks anime, pretty but beautiful it, you know, it looks, it wrong. looks pretty gorgeous, and it sounds Joe, not, very interesting. And yeah, it, it is beautiful. It definitely is not what water. I was expecting. I could see myself checking this out. I have not watched a good, like, sort of, you know, sort of... It seems pretty chill. It seemed like, it seemed like anything bad is going to happen in the show. Very chill. All right. I uh, love apparently, it. I love it. Give it to down. me. <laughs> but... Uh, Listen, sometimes, I mean, to, the, to the, those girls, oh, no, that could be the greatest Look, I, you know, I, again, problem like, that they have to deal with. It's not going to always be crazy. One of my favorite shows, crazy. Recent Memories, a place further than the universe, and just like, 
nothing super bad happened in that. I guess her her mom died, but that that was before the show started. So, um, so yeah, I want I want a nice chill, chill show sometimes. It sounds it looks beautiful, it looks gorgeous. So, I could be into that. Well, I'll, I'll just say, Start of course, summer 2021, I mean, there are a couple things that pop out to me, of course, and it's basically just what like, got? I got to got? start some of these things up. I mean, of course, My Hero Academia fifth season has been going for quite some time. I'm looking at this right now on live chart. Episode 16 comes out in four days. So I am, I have plenty of My Hero to watch and I just need to do it. Someone has to on this podcast. I mean, you're doing One Piece. You're a One Piece reporter. Exactly. And my hero. No, I love reporter. my hero. Well, I'm and I, I do think, all, all again, I, I think it's, you know, maybe suffering a little bit of the like shonen long in the toothness that can happen to most shonen. But again, I, I do love it. And I do love that world. And I do love those characters. So I've got to. I've got to keep up. I've got to keep going on with it. And then, of course, looking further down, I'll tell you what. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it, Steve. I'm on strike until Shaman King comes out. Can I though? Not. Not. You can watch Shaman, Shaman come King out right now. Stateside. I be- I believe Cali. Are you know are right now our third character of this entire podcast? He's been watching it. Crappy fan subs. Is it gonna be just like not real? That I can't tell you. I don't know. And bad and bad grammar because I don't want to watch that, Steve. I have to say that's because I have to say even official translations sometimes have some interesting. I, I, I will say that that happened in Spring Song too. There were some very interesting sentences uh, said in that movie course, where I'm like, how like, is this really know, translated? Of course, you can't always just do a direct translation, but I do see typos in of course official subs all the time. I'll see words misspelled or bad punctuation all the time. So I can I can deal with it. I should start Shaman King. I mean, it's right. You have no fear. I was going to let you get, take one, and then I was going to talk about it. That I'm not going to seek out. That I'm not going to, like, go out of my way to watch. But if it's on, I think it's coming to Netflix eventually, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll check it out when it comes there. But I'm not going to, like, with Shaman King, that's a show near and dear to my heart. I will go... And search back corners of the web to find episodes of Shaman King. Eden Zero. I'll wait for it. I'll wait till it's easy to watch. Eden Zero. The next one I have up is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid Season 2. As you know, I did watch all of the shorts, which was our little appetizer. And Season 2 started up Loved it right away. Learned why I loved this show. Great humor. Um, interesting characters. Surprisingly good animation for fighting. You would not expect it in this show. This is by Kyoto Animation. This is actually also um, their first project after the arson attack. 
so they, you know, are they still got it. I they've introduced a new dragon for this entire uh, series. It's a uh, Ilulu, who is almost like the car of the chaos faction. It seems like and wants to cause destruction. Toru, our lovable uh, maid, who is the main character. Apparently, one of the strongest drag dragons in the entire world, but has given it all up just to, you know, be with Kobayashi. Uh, yeah, I uh, nothing else to say about the show. Great comedy. Always love the openings and endings, too, of this show. And I am along for this entire ride, and we'll definitely... Now, here's one. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Joe, you're not watching the show. You're not watching the show. But I, I, I'm throwing down right here. I will watch this show that I just found as I scroll through this, through this list of summer, summer shows. First episode not even out yet. Comes out in two days. The new Madhouse show, Sunny Boy. You see this one? This... I have yeah, seen so it's, it. it. So the first yes. episode comes no, out No, I haven't seen days. it myself. I, I, I know what you're talking awesome. about. I will 100% be checking this out. It's only going to be 12 episodes long, it looks like. It's an ordinary summer vacation, except for the fact that Nagara's high school has mysteriously drifted into another dimension. As the students begin to develop strange new powers, will they work together to survive the alien environment and find a way home? Or will their newly formed factions and rivalries turn on each other? So it's like... Japanese student Lord of the Flies with superpowers? Let's go. That sounds great. Madhouse? This oh. is definitely this is definitely a yeah, show especially original, for Madhouse. And this yeah. is an original too. It says Madhouse this is, original, is always making weird stuff. So it, Madhouse they when they're the allowed projects. to just run wild, they take it and go. I, God, what a what a gem. Yeah. He did No Guns, No Life, which is also <laughs> a weird anime. And uh, they've done Overlord, which I know is is popular. And for me, I really liked Akka, 13 Territory Inspection Department, which is a very weird anime about basically conspiracy, cover-ups, and bureaucracy <laughs> in a fictional country. Great opening too, but uh, I've never seen anything like it. So I like that. Dude, Madhouse made oh, everything. Madhouse has been sky. a lot around I like that one too. Man, I'm so going through all the entire long. list. Yeah, they did Death Parade. Like, oh, they did indeed. They did my love story. Death Parade. I mean, obviously, they did yeah, Parasite they did. and Parasite. Death Note and Hunter Hunter, of course. I feel like they're course, yes, they never get the they never get the no. respect that you you know Matt, I mean Madhouse very well respected this is definitely something studio but they certainly don't get the like I feel like they don't get the name blowout of like Studio Wit or Mappa maybe it's just because those studios have been so prevalent and had like such big giant productions over the last few years I feel like Madhouse is just like cool like sort of art house indie thing and just like it's always gonna be high quality. Yes. Now I'm trying to they remember. Only did the Madhouse. They did One Punch Man. Did they do the first or second season? Okay. Because I was going to say, to your point, Joe, I feel like 
they've never had something that's gone mainstream. Now, very popular, I will argue, very popular in the anime world. Obviously, Hunter Hunter. No, but I would Hunter say Hunter's not being. I would say they're probably the Netflix, show that's come closest to that for them would probably be Death Note. Mm, yeah, they did season uh, one of One Punch. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That, I don't know. Punch, I didn't. That, I don't really hear anyone outside went. of like the anime world who knows really One Punch Man. Whereas I feel like Death Note that is one that like people are aware of at the very least. Sunny Boy, I'm in. Okay. That sounds great. Well, you have your first assignment, Sunny Boy. Next one I have, Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Maybe this will be the one anime that you and me will oh, I be saw interested that. in. Me. I Kano saw Jojo, that. I, uh, Noya, it did uh, catch my Mukai eye. It did catch my has eye. Has loved Saki Saki <laughs> since grade school. And when she finally accepts his feelings, he's at his happiest. But one day, a cute girl named Nagisa... Minase confesses to him, not wishing to choose one over the other. Uh, Noya chooses to go out with both of them. What <laughs> will become of his love, love triangle you, that challenges oh, morality? Yes, itself. I could see myself watching this. These girls even basically just look like the rent-a-girlfriend girls. <laughs> this red... Yeah, I... Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I, you know... No, it's one of those things where it's like, is that ethical? Uh, no, yeah, no, no. You know, you can always have a, of a, you know, a, you know, multi relationship if everyone agrees to it. You can always, you can always solve it like that. But I understand this is like what high school. I don't know how old these kids are. Uh, fifteen, yeah, they're in high school. But yeah, I'm I'm in for a ride. I'm in for a, a misunderstanding love triangle. I watch all of these. I eat all of these shoujo shows all up. It's your next figure, so right? I'll be there. watching this. Girls look cute too. How can I say no? Well, bring <sighs> us home. It looks Saki, like you have Saki. one more. I can't say Maybe. too much else. Looks super interesting to me. I am curious about Remain, the water polo anime from Mappa, but I'll I'll read some reviews first. The last one I have up is My Next Life as a Villainous. All, reach, all Roots Lead to Doom Season 2 started. I finished the first episode. Really enjoyed it. It is continuing our story of Katarina Klaas, who is our girl who has, you know, is technically was the villainous in this, in this Otome game and has manipulated and carefully dodged all of the game flags that would have caused her character to be killed and right now just has basically stole all of the uh the main character maria's all of her love interests are now katarina's and she is just living the time of her life but is everything all hunky-dory it is not it looks like there could be additional uh, trouble going as the game continues and she realizes additional plot, which may cause her demise. So she'll have to, again, carefully navigate those um, instances. And what's also interesting, too, is that she's changed so much of the original game that she really can't rely on her knowledge of the game 
as much as she could anymore. Does since, it seem uh, like she this was never cement her character was never meant to live show? this long? Yes. I feel like I feel I I don't I I feel like this can't go on that much longer because the light novel. Let me see how many volumes this light novel has. Mm, well, there's a few right now. I I I feel like could it go on to season? Three? I mean, you could do anything, sure, but. I don't know how far you can take, like, how many times you're going to avoid death and ha- try to get to that happy ending. I think uh, 12 episodes more is enough. I'm glad it's there, but that's it. It's a, just a fun, cute show that I, just, I put on while I'm just having dinner, putting that candlelight on, and just relaxing. Don't have to get too invested like an Attack on Titan. We're just a girl just trying to mind her own business and... God no! Uh, I've watched. I've watched. I've watched one episode of this show. And Joe, this is not another show for you. But I'm glad you enjoyed. I'm glad you have. God no! I gotta watch this high school drift off into another dimension. No way. Someone has to. There's not many other shows on my right now. I will say for everyone who's listening, you're probably like you're leaving out a few ones. Everyone, I do understand that probably the biggest one out there is that time I reincarnated as a slime season two, part two, never got into it. I understand it's popular. I can only do so many isekai. And right now it's, <laughs> I literally am doing I'm literally doing one right now, one right now. <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, my life as a villainous. Um, I'm really, I, I can doing one right now. So please bear with me. And other than that case, the case study of Van uh, Vantice by what, what studios is Bones has been getting a lot of um, praise, a lot it's of good fair. reviews. No, it's fair. It's again fair. It's with vampires. I I can't do. I, I'm not saying like it's it's done so many times. It's done so many times. If this continues, like the first episode apparently was good, but like if I keeps getting like a ton of no, praise, like you know, this is amazing. Maybe completely. I'll check it I out. But no last I'm over year. vampires. I'm I sorry. Understand. <laughs> the only one other ca- caught my eye, maybe, maybe, was h- how a realist hero rebuilt his kingdom. Another isekai about but the hook is is that this character is basically being an oppressive advisor using his modern day skills to enhance a bureaucracy of a you know a, a fantasy kingdom sounds good on premise but it's going to be 12 like probably 12 episodes and i know it's going to be a waste of my time i'm sorry everyone i'm sure it'll be fine but i feel like i would be better spent baby, more of my time baby. catching up on Haikyuu. now you're speaking I think my language would enjoy that than me watching how a realist rebuilt the country. Yeah, see? See? Well, what I thought you were going to say, I thought Being you were going to say, be, I, I, listen, time would be better spent. Well, I'm dropping hot treats right now. up on Boruto. So I have... <sighs> that too. That too. I, I am terribly behind, yeah, but... Yeah. Catch me up on that. Maybe I'll watch Free, the final oh, God. <laughs> Which... <laughs> It's a movie. I have to actually watch season three. I have to watch season three. 
And we have Wait, two, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Two oh, big yes. movies coming the out final this singularity. Summer. Oh, it looks so epic. Fake Grand Order. Yeah, Fake Grand Order, Final Order Singularity. Oh, that's right. That's right. And we have a Fake But that's Ali a perfect Lee transition. Steve, I don't think I Mitch. ever need to watch any Fate ever again because we're going out on top, baby. It's the Wheel of Fate, and it's a big one. We finally rolled. Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel 3, Spring Song. I'm, I'll let you go for a while if you want, Steve, but I just want to say, and this is no joking, I am completely serious, this is not a character, this is not anything but my honest, true opinion. I thought this movie was incredible. I am hot and cold on it. Hot and cold. So, let us take a step back and say, you're, ladies, gentlemen, anyone else, you are entering the Wheel of Fate zone where Joe and me have been watching every single Fate out of order because we've been told there's no great good place to start Fate, and we've been using a random number generator to roll episodes, spinoffs, movies, anything at all and seeing if it's a good place to start fate and i have never seen any of fate other than what we've what i've basically watched with you joe these past 43 episodes on a week weekly and last week we rolled spring song made by ufotable which we've mentioned earlier at the top and to give a little reminder this movie did air last summer august 15th 2020 and obviously is the third movie of the Heaven's Feel arc where it is essentially the Shiro and Sakura pairing route, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pick we pick up at, uh, basically at the lowest depths, I'd say, with We're gonna uh, spoil Shiro. the hell out of this movie. Go watch uh, it. Let's see. I mean, this is technically spoilers. We're gonna be getting into spoilers, everyone. So guess what? It's the best. We're going go to spoilers. So skip watch if you want to skip this entire arc. Go <laughs> no, right it's a terrible place. But it is such notes. a capstone for someone like me it who is, does it is like not fate a good place and has to start watched fate. a lot of fate. Uh, oh my god. I, I'm gonna. St- basically do a very quick summary of where we stand right now uh shinji has been killed by essentially sakura who has fused with this evil shadow which is being controlled by i i forget zokin i believe right zokin and at the same time shiro has inherited archer's arm he has lost saber who has gone to essentially the dark side, has been infected by this evil entity. And, yeah, I think they're at their end of the rope. They don't know what to exactly. do. So they have the to whole movie this is demon, just this quest Sakura to bring Sakura back to the light side. Can we save Sakura? And we start incredibly strong, Steve. I knew I was going to love this movie so much because we get so much... Kotomine in this movie and so so much character development for him 
I feel and we like we do get a lot of kudo code me. Watching him team up with Emia, I just like this movie feels like the ending to fate. It feels like it is the ending that we deserve coming from fate zero into fate stay night being a continuation of that story that I feel like this is so much more of a capstone to that entire story rather than like unlimited blade works, which I feel like doesn't really capture a lot of what makes fate zero so special. I think that this movie and all of the heavens feel does that so well by providing like Emiya and Kotomine joining forces where Kotomine has that great line where he's like, Look, our, we're on the same side until this point. And then after this point, we'll be enemies again. But I'm going to work with you until this point. And to see them come at each other and to see this guy, this boy who was raised by Kiritsugu team up with Kotomine. And you can tell that like it's these dueling ideologies that we never really got to see Kotomine and Kiritsugu like really interact in this way. We're kind of seeing it now through Emiya and seeing him as like the Kiritsugu surrogate. Ah, it's so good, Steve. That is a lot to say. No, for, so I'll, I'll back up. I, I do like the Kodamine. I haven't really seen much of him throughout all the fate I've seen. I know he's the priest who has done past, uh, no, past it, Holy Grail War. Uh, laud, lost it, essentially, uh, to uh, Kiritsugu. Uh, oh, well, yes. he won it. He won well, it. Technically, no. oh, okay. Well, I mean, technically, Maybe I'm getting was, that wrong. I, guess, I know they were the final two. I need two. to rewatch the ending, but really, I think... Kodomine and Gilgamesh would be more considered the winners of that war than Kiritsugu and Saber. Other than that, he has been a, a puppet in the background and a sidelines of puppet master strings, rather, um, with the current uh, war. I have to say, too, I did like... a. Um, I, I'm I'm hot and cold in the part where we get like the the, the history. That's what you wanted. Of the That's what you've been asking this whole time. Like, together. what are Basically the rules? What is this world? The they gave it all to you. But, but <laughs> the time travel. But it the way it was delivered was terrible. So the I I want to kind of st- I want to. I want to start. I want to start a little bit from the beginning of the plot. Go for it. Go for it. If that's okay, because I feel like we because we, we want to talk about some of the fights too. So we start off. I'm um, looking at this entire thing right now. This plot where we start off with uh, Sakura basically staring down at Rin. And, um, essentially, Sakura wants to go after Shiro and also, essentially, you know, win, I guess, the Grail War. But she wants to do it in a different way where she wants to, like, uh, absorb, like, all of the servants, essentially. And, um, become, you know, like, the the vessel because she's, like, an artificial Holy Grail. (laughs) If I, no, that's Ilya. She wa- she wants to like absorb all the, uh, of them, and she's already taken over a saber too. And we do get like a quick fight scene with uh, Rin. You about to use all of her gemstones, but 
easily gets stopped in place and is about to be killed by Sakura. However, Ilya decides to uh, sacrifice her herself, essentially, and says, like, you can take me. And I interpret that as, like, taking Gilgamesh. That's the reason why I'm saying all this, because she essentially loses control of Gilgamesh. But Ilya doesn't die, because she just goes into that black void with Sakura and you know, I, I assume just, like, loses. <laughs> the grand war, she loses her servant. Um, but saves um, Rin, who Sakura is, sees as a sister, and Shiro, too. They were about to get killed, too. But Saber does give a warning, like, if you ever come after yes, Sakura, when, uh, you'll be dead. Which is when Shiro gets Kodamine to help him? Is that when he leaves to go find Kodamine? Then we have the Ilya rescue mission. Looking at this right now. Yes. Yes. So Shiro brings Rin, who has been basically beat up, to Kodamine for help. And he's got that shit-eating sly grin, like, of course I'll help you. <laughs> uh, and with that, we get... I mean, we're, we're skipping over a few things, but we have Kodamine eventually engaging with Zoken, who has these yes. uh, so they go to rescue Ilya. They that great Shiro moment is where going Kodamine to literally Ilya. throws Emiya through the window to rescue Ilya. So great. And he's and Emiya is literally just like, did you have to throw me through the window? <laughs> and then, yes, Kodamine goes off to fight Assassin, which is so good and we get a little bit of Kodamine backstory even in there that I was not expecting that I didn't know and then we have Emiya meanwhile rescuing Ilya and they get chased by fucking Berserker and we get the hypest thing I have ever seen until literally later on in this movie where it gets out hyped by what comes later where, where Emiya decides it's time I'm using Archer's arm and the fucking song from Unlimited Blade Works kicks in the, the freaking beat drops and we just see Archer basically, we see Archer in the distance being like, you think you can, do you think you can catch me? Do you think you can be me? And Emiya says, you're damn right I can. And he goes and he becomes Archer essentially and gets control of the Unlimited Blade Works. And oh my God, was I so hyped up when this happened. It did look great. I was saying the entire time. Now, uh, everyone, I was watching this with uh, Callie too. And the entire time I was watching this um, scene, I'm like, Berserker, how can you not have caught up to them? They're just, he's just like running with Ilya through a forest. And you always keep getting panning shots of like Berserker just going a mile, like a minute trying to run up. And I'm like, damn, how much of a head start did Shiro get to? I don't know. But I have to say, yes, that entire scene where he's like taking off the arm, I really love like the, um, the wrapping, how that's like animated, pulling that off too and the entire transformation that was it was great i i have to say what i loved about this movie was the actual fight scenes i think some of the 
I'll get to the point where I was completely lost is a little bit later down the line. But yes, we have Kodomime um, going after Assassin. Great battle. It kills uh, Zoken essentially, which he deserved it. I mean, so many times I just—he's like a villain you 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 hate. Everyone hates because he's always like cocky and a piece of shit. So I was glad he had, had him come up come up inside. I love Kodomine just going up on the roof and immediately seeing him and Zoken being so surprised. Great too. Uh, and later I'll have to say Kodomine. That guy is Jack. He, you can cut a diamond on oh, those abs. You, you can cut a diamond. That's later. But you oh, can cut a Because at first I was like, how is this guy human? I understand. I, I, wanna, I don't want to say like just human, human. Because obviously, like, I know, like, Rin has some type of magecraft. Even when, you know, uh, where Shiro jumps out of three stories of a house and somehow lands on his feet and is told, has not broken his legs. Understandably, he is, like, really shaky after that, you know. And Kodamine says, like, oh, you didn't use any magecraft. That's pretty impressive. So I'm like, yes, I know Kodamine has some type of mystical, you know, uh, power in attacking. But I was like, you're actually fighting a servant? Wow, okay. And he held his ground. I guess Assassin, who would probably be, I would argue for a human, probably the hardest one. Because of how fast. But yeah, he does have, I mean, Kodamine has got a little bit more going on. We get the great moment where Assassin tries to essentially, like, sneak steal his heart out of him and it's like kodomine doesn't have a heart doesn't work on him because of because of the events of the last grail war and so he's been like totally corrupted which is why assassin can't get him sakura can't get him he's 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 just completely gone the pale to the other side and he's ah so good but after that we have sakura confronting uh kodomine and basically destroys his artificial heart from the last war but he's not dead really i mean it's kind of weird i mean this happens a lot anime so i can't fault even like you know fate doing this because it's so many times it's like no he's not actually dead he's not actually finished off even though also at the same time sakura you could have killed everyone right there but you chose to let you know, to be very honorable and with Ilya surrendering, be like, okay, sure. Um, There's still a part of her. She doesn't want to kill Rin. I guess so. There's still a part of her. She could kill Rin. Um, and she did at the end. At the, no. No, she didn't. No, I know. I thought she did. At the you end. thought she did. Uh, or, but or Rin kill. I think, whatever, we'll get to that part. Yeah, we'll get to that part later. But also, she is also, at that time, forced to reabsorb the defeated berserker, too. As I mentioned before, she's looking to absorb all of the servants. So she's already essentially have Saber um, and has taken Berserker, but then Berserker has died per, you know, Shiro just doing a great old big... I have to say, too, when he summoned the sword, it was just so massive. That was oh, great, too. But so I feel good. bad for Shiro moving forward because he's got one super beefy arm and one lanky <laughs> arm. And they're two different shades. So I'm like, man, that boy's going to have a hard time tanning and trying to get that even. Then we get a lot of backstory. This is where – this, <laughs> this is the lowest point. So I want to set the stage before we go into it that Sakura is going to be performing some ritual or whatever and – uh, is it Ilya who says, like, yo, Sakura 
you only have like 12 hours, friends, to like stop this or she's gone forever. But first, let's walk, walk to, you know, the other side of town. And let me tell you this entire backstory, which was just too much. This is where I, this is my cold part. I, this is too much the information. The Angra Mainyu, the Angra Mainyu. I liked it just because it gave a different, it gave like actual motivation for like really why these things are happening usually in fate it's just like the grail is coming and this was like no it's this specific thing that she's trying to do that we're gonna lay out here are the stakes now let's go time travel a little bit and see the first part of how the grail war came to be and what the families used to do but I, I liked that it tied it all together it tied all the things that we've been seeing into like a concrete thing that we can visualize it could have been spaced out a lot better i feel like this was just like this is a two full two hour movie and they spent like a good 30 minutes being like we've gone through some you know uh a fight now you gotta eat your vegetables right now nothing wrong with vegetables but you don't understand the term and just here's all the backstory we're just gonna lay on you right now of everything i could have think i think it could have been done a little bit um more subtle and a little a little bit more finesse than literally just a, br a brain dump all the all notes right, on uh, no, all the notes on the piece of paper here you go uh you can see where this is a visual novel and you're just tapping x for a while there <laughs> i couldn't have said it better myself but uh what the point is is that Ilya wants to take Rin and Shiro to a cave, uh, Fuyuki Cave, uh, not the Fuyuki Cave, it, uh, the cave where the families met for a sword, uh, Zelrich, which uh, basically has a, what? It's a jeweled sword which has been absorbing magic for 10 years or so. I feel like it's longer. They say 10 years, but at the same time, it's also an ancient sword that was used way back in history. Yeah, it's been around. Yeah, it's been around. It's been around. It's been around. Maybe it's been collecting Rin's magic for ten years or something. But it's it, yes, it's that a, is exact. Yes, yes. It's an old sword which has been collecting a lot of magic that has a sword stored up. Uh, Sakura is going to make the new uh, the new. Um, I'm gonna mine you. <laughs> the, the new Grail. She's going off. Zoken. Uh, is actually also part of Sakura near her heart. So, however, Sakura, as she absorbs Assassin and kills him, basically finds out that Zoken has his little worm and takes her out of her chest and kills him too. And we get a very interesting boob shot <laughs> with that too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But then... It's time for your dessert, Steve. If you thought that was the vegetables, it's time for dessert, and you're going to eat your fill, damn it, because the last, like, 45 minutes to an hour of this movie are about to happen. We go. Emiya teams up with Ryder, because Ryder, still under the control of Sakura, kind of, but wants to save her and will do anything to save her. Emiya will also do anything to save her. Rin also kind of wants to save her. They go to the cave where it's all going down. Um, and my God, we, we meet Saber. She's waiting at the cave and she lets Rin just pass mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't know. 
Well, because Sakura wants to. I think I just read that as like Sakura wants that final moment maybe with Rin okay. or that final confrontation with Rin. Because I think there's a part there's a part of Sakura still in there. I mean, we even kind of see it when she's having her conversation with Emiya later. There's a part of Sakura that doesn't want this to happen. She feels like it should happen, but there is like that small part that's also like, oh, these are my friends. But we get a showdown between Saber versus Shiro, which I don't think we've seen before, given that they're always partners. Pl- plus Ryder. No, I know. Certainly we've never seen Emmy and Saber really fight. <laughs> Not like this, buddy. Not like this. And we, we do get some good ufotable treatment with a very beautifully fast-paced uh, battle between Ryder and uh, Saber. Pulling out all the stops. I can't even explain it in words how much of a colorful feast this is. I, God, do I wish I could see this on the big screen. I, oh my God. This fight is so epic. It's like 10, it felt like it was like 10 minutes long. It probably isn't 10 minutes long, but it felt like it. And it was, yeah, it just, you got Ryder versus Saber. Then Emiya hops into the fray. That part where like Emiya and Saber are doing their thing. And then Ryder like summons her horse and just like rides into battle on this horse. And yeah, it's just like the fastest most fluid beautifulness that i've ever seen it rivaled the final fight of mugen train for me i thought it was it was just as good as that whoa really oh my god he was yeah okay i was blown away i was like the i i was blown away I was blown away by this fight. No, it, it was no, it was excellent. I do also love when Ryder takes off her mask and uses basically her Medusa power. I mean, it's like the cursed eye or something like that. But she's turning parts of uh, Saber into stone just to slow her down just a little bit. And we know what she's trying to do is to create an opening for Emia. Uh, uh, to I forgot exactly how because I know she's the one who does the final blow essentially with the chariot, but uh, Shiro, he, I think he also just like you know, I, I I think it gets to the point where she can't Saber can't dodge two attacks that he's powering up his attack with his um you know his lancer uh, not lancer archer arm. And you have Ryder preparing her, you know, noble phantasm too. So Saber's going to be defeated in either way, but in the opening. I also just do love at the beginning of this entire uh, battle that Ryder's like, I can just go for two minutes. And after that, like, we got to finish this in two minutes because I can't match her for the long haul. So we got to have a plan to do this quick. I really like that too. I don't, I felt like the stakes were there that we didn't have time Definitely. to dick around. Definitely. And just when they when it finally happens, when you see Emiya kill Saber, it was it was oh, it was heart wrenching. I did like how he also didn't bitch out because I was a, for a moment I'm like he's gonna choke, he's gonna choke and not do the final blow, but he does do it, so I do appreciate that. No, it's crazy. It's crazy how in this timeline how little Saber we get. She's basic after movie one. She's basically not. A character yeah. anymore it's crazy it's good it, but they committed it's great yeah then we catch up we catch up with a little rin sakura fight that was also really 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 good and we have a great moment where 
I thought Rin died. We have that She's great about to confrontation t- between them, and and ah, again, just like watching these sisters, who have so much animosity, but also so much want for the love between them to happen. That oh my god, it was again. It's just, I love these characters. So, what we have at this at this time is Rin reveals that she has the sword, the the magical uh, sword. Uh, Sakura unleashes her, her, basically her summons, her like demons, and Rin just bats him away real easily with uh, the magic sword, and eventually aims to do the final blow, and in my and I believe she chooses not to, and she ends up to she she originally wants to set out to kill uh, her, almost going I think uh, if you allow me. Joe to interpret this the uh, Kiritsugu route where you know we have before where Kodamina's like are you going to kill Sakura or are you just going to try and redeem her and you know uh, Rin uh, Shiro is like I'm going to try and uh, you know find the good in her and redeem her and he's like oh so you don't you know you're not going to do whatever it takes like uh, you know uh, Kiritsugu is able to do Rin, on the other hand, chooses to let Sakura basically stab her. Uh, and at first we think kill her, but just, ba- uh, I don't know, severely wounded, just stabbed in the stomach. And she just rolls over to the side, but really messes up Sakura. That she's able, that she thinks she killed her sister. And I don't yeah, think Rin was... even, I don't think even Rin pl- planned for it. Like, no. she knew she was going to give an opening, but it's not like she would know, like, oh, clearly she's going to hold back and not actually kill me. I think she just knew, like, I'm going to let her just do the final attack or whatever. Yeah, basically. And so she's gone till the end of the movie. Then Emiya shows up. Emiya fights Sakura and does it. He beats the shadow. It's great. Not the but... Yeah. Oh, dude. But, oh. but, that, that's pretty quick. The yeah. main, the, 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 that's but, not the main then, event. Then we're like, everything's done. But no, the, the, the greater grail is watching, and we, we look to the horizon, and who is saying, like, who is the final boss? Dude. Like, is it Gilgamesh? Who is it? Dude. It's Kodomine. Kodomine is just there. sitting there waiting. And he and he's, looks like he's on his last legs, Emmy is on his last legs. He's like sprouted swords all out of his body because he can't control the archer magic anymore. And my God, it's a Yakuza boss fight. It's literally just a Yakuza boss fight. It feels like such a final boss of like, okay, we've used all our magic. We've used it all. It's all gone. Everyone's on their last legs. We are just going to have a total fist-to-fist brawl. And I don't think either of them even really used magic. It was just two guys laying it all on the line and just wailing on each other. And I, oh my god, I thought, I was like, this is it. This is the true end of fate. Nothing else matters. This is the true ending of this story. Fuck Unlimited Blade Works. Fuck everything. This is fate stay night, motherfuckers. And we're here to party and we're here to fight. And I, God, I'm obsessed. 
I I do like how it is just fisticuffs at the end. Uh, I do. I have to say, uh, Kodamine again, chiseled to. The, you can cut a diamond on those abs, as I said before. And with that, we you know we get the oh, they're almost the antithesis of each other, where Kodamine says he just gets pleasure from despair, while uh, Shiro. Um, just wants to bring happiness to others and have everyone be happy. I wanted to ask you, what was Kodemine's end goal? What what was his wish? What does he want? Well, he wants to see what this... He's curious about what this thing will do. You know, he has all those lines and has all those conversations throughout, the, throughout it of, you know, is, a, is something truly evil... Like saying like Angermine oh, you is like it's this evil thing and he's like, No, evil is created after something's born, not when it's when it's born, everyone starts at zero. So he's been so obsessed with like bringing this life into the world. And I think we even get that earlier when we kind of learn his backstory about maybe sort of being in love with that woman and maybe sort of having a child with that woman. And that kind of like created his his whole evil persona. But yeah, he just wants to. I think he he wants to feel like he brought something majestic into the world, something world changing to life, and see what happens. Is it going to become good? Is it going to become evil? What's going to happen with this thing? I, I feel like also, Konamine, and this God, you, you, this is a deep cut going fifth element with Gary Oldman's character, I think he feels that life can only go on out of chaos. Like, you know, the destruction that breeds birth and, you know, rebuilding and rejuvenation is that you need that disorder to, be, you know, truly continue uh, life. He wants to take humanity to the next level. But he's also like, yeah, he's very nihilistic like you, like you sort of brought up. Yeah, it's a. I mean, you want to talk about, you want to talk about characters. I I think the he was before that in Fate Zero and whatnot. But I think this movie just cemented Kodamine is is one of the all time great anime characters, villains, whatever, and maybe just one of the all time great. I he's an amazing character. What an amazing character Kyrie Kodamine is to watch where he is in Fate Zero come to this moment and again this feels like such the actual final this feels like the round two confrontation of Kodamine and Kiritsugu they 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 kind of ended on a draw in Fate Zero and this is finally Emiya fulfilling Kiritsugu's legacy and putting Kodamine down it's so good (laughs) and the fight ends with Shiro, of course, defeating Kodamine. And Kodamine, I guess, basically accepting it. I think he just wants, you know, he he, <laughs> he accepts it. And Shiro goes to basically claim his prize for the Holy Grail. And you have Ilya asking him, what do you want? And it's basically to live. Yeah, so he was going to destroy the Grail by essentially killing himself, and then Ilya shows up, and he wants to live, and so she she says she will protect her brother, 
And so she goes off and dies. It's another beautiful, touching moment. And again, just finally gives us the conclusion to the relationship of Ilya and Emiya and Ilya and Iris Veal and Ilya and Kiritsugu. It just gives us the entire culmination of Ilya's character that we don't get in any other Fate Stay Night property. This is the true Fate Stay Night. We start wrapping up. We have a few months after the Holy Grail War ends. We start getting some slice of life things where you have uh, Rin and Sakura uh, have restored um, Shido's soul. Uh, Ryder is basically reincarnated, uh, essentially. She's there, Ryder. Seems I mean, like she's still alive. With her long yeah, hair. Seems like she's still alive. She's still alive. And we have Shido and Sakura go into a picnic. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it ends with them walking. Oh, they even held hands. With those footsteps, the feet stepping together. Ah, so cute. And Aimee's we don't even get a kiss. song. Well, we didn't need a kiss, Steve. We had all the, we had everything from the second movie. Lots of, lots okay. of, lots yeah, of sex true. in the second movie. So we, we had it. We yeah. had it. Yeah. Well, saliva right there. Ooh, I man, yeah, I I loved this movie. I thought this movie was incredible. As someone who has watched enough of the True Fate to have a bearing on all of this, really, as long as you'd watched Fate Zero and the Heaven's Feel movies, you're probably in a pretty good boat. It just again, this feels like the reward for seeing so much Fate, where this truly feels like the culmination of it all. This truly feels like finally bringing all of these character threads and arcs to such a satisfying conclusion. I love it. Well, Joe, unfortunately, we're not going to have that luxury this time around because it is time for our next assignment. We are leaving the Heaven's Feel arc behind and going back to the Wheel of Fate, where I had every single movie spinoff and show on here. I'm going to do a random number generator right here to tell us where we're going. So Wheel of Fate, turn, turn, turn. Let us know the episode we're going to endure. We are going, going back to Carnival Phantasm, one of our favorites. Great opening. Carnival Phantasm has a total of 12 episodes. We are watching... Episode 8. Let me see if we've seen that before. We haven't. Saber at work. Saber gets a job working for something. However, on our first day, the situation comes immediately chaotic. Love it. What else can go? We'll love it. I, I want to see Saber at work. It's going to be like 12 minutes. We're going to love it. So you got it, everyone. Carmel Phantasm, Episode 8, Saber at work. Probably the exact... Opposite of Heaven's Field Part 3. Well, with our assignment readily in hand, we turn once more to our ever-rotating lists of the Best Boy Bulletin and the Waifu Watch, where every week one of us brings a character for the other's perusal, and we put them into the definitive rankings of these here characters. I have brought a Best Boy for us today. Steve! Clad in red, his personality 
is very contradicting. Ooh, While he is thoroughly cynical and nihilistic, I'm devoted and protective and even a little childish to the point that it makes him hard to hate. He does not lie, but he does keep secrets and tell how. He means well and is capable of being nice, but often ends up being sarcastic, especially so when he gives advice. He cannot approve of the main character's ideal of becoming a hero of justice due to his own experience, but at the same time, he cannot deny it for the same reasons. He's a very bitter person, not because of the events of his life, but because of his status as a being that is forced to clean up the messes humanity has made. Although he is constantly betrayed by those around him, he never held any grudges towards anyone. Even so, he despaired over the fact that he could never live up to his ideal of saving everyone, a friend or enemy. Any idea about who I'm talking about? Okay. Yes, good guess. I first was going with Vash the Stampede. He said clad. No, I not, know. Not that, no, but, but, but as you went on, red, I'm like, this character mm, is clad. No. Clad in red. Let me, do, you quote, do you want a quote from him? Let me try to find the quote. It's let me try to find. Let me try to find that he says. Because he, I'm whisking uh, red. I'm thinking of his red coat. Freaking wiki. Give me a quote. Give me a quote. Give me a quote. One second. One second. One second. Come on, Google. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. What's your guess? What's your guess? It is not Kenshin. I have another character. I. But I want to wait till you find this quote. Is it Kenshin? No. No, because you're doing a lot of like past. I'm like, yeah, you you can you can for like sure, it's almost sure, like. A, but I think uh, I think the idea uh, of him saving a horoscope everyone type of thing where him, a lot of stuff the you were saying, you'd be like, yeah, I can space. totally mold something that's pretty, that that's to make pretty, it work. Again, you know what I mean? Justice. I am of my sword. Steel is my body. And fire is my blood. I have created over yeah, see, that, a that, that thousand off. Like, no, that's blades. Not Who am I talking about, Steve? <laughs> oh my but god! Which hero? god. You're, we're doing so. We're talking much about Archer, thing. baby. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. Are we talking technically about Shiro? <laughs> We're talking about uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it all day long, Steve. Archer. Anyway, Archer. Archer. Well, this is a full bait-packed episode. You were just just so enamored. Our number seven lady, Rin Tosika, serves her well during the Holy Grail War. And technically, yes, he is Shiro Emiya from a parallel timeline. What do you think of Archer? I like Archer's cockiness. Yeah, that's the one where you really get his I always like that in a character where he is a little cocky, but he also at the same time knows when shit's actually real uh i've liked him obviously in, much better in um in fate's day night was unlimited blade works the one that uh the good one 
Is that the... Yeah. Um, I like the hair, hair pairing with um, Ram because he always eggs her on a lot, essentially, and it just brings out their uh, uh, Sundari attitude, so I, I do like that too. Obviously, very skilled, as uh, not only as an archer, as his name's class would suggest, but pretty good in a sword fight too. Yeah, he's a good boy. Good boy. I like also his beef he always has with Lancer. Yeah, always, always. A bit of a weird flirtation with with Rin too. You you get it there. It's always a it's always a fun time. Anyway, I like this character a lot. I think he's one of the one of the strongest characters from Fate. Although I I thought for a second about bringing Kodomine as the strongest character from Fate. Didn't think he'd rate very highly on the best boy list, and so I left Ko I left no, Kodomine no. to the side. Sure. Who again? He's he's a guy with his own ambitions, of course, but he does know how to play the game, and he does ultimately have people's best interests at heart. Even though it takes he kind of takes Emia through hell to uh, drag it out of him, but he, he does ultimately want to save people, and he does want to bring bring people some degree of joy in their lives. So I don't know. I do like, I do like he's been around the block, and he, he he gives a more tactical and more sound voice and reason to uh, Rin, while we have some other characters where I'm like, Lancer's just fucking winging it. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I know he does care, but you know what I mean. There's a, there's a difference of like, you know, c character. Um, I don't say character development, just the way the way they and especially in in Unlimited Blade Works when we uh, do get his full backstory, you do get to see this guy go from someone who's, you know, been been burned by the world for at this point hundreds of years, and we see him finally find something to care about, and we do see this guy finally come around and become, to a certain degree, the hero of justice that he that he strove to be for so long by running around and murdering people throughout various timelines. So we, we, we get to see him go from this very nihilistic character to someone who cares a little bit more, which I, in my mind, puts him a little bit near Ryuji Kaji from Evangelion. Whoa. Ryuji Kaji? Okay. Actually, I was looking around the same spot because you know what I was looking at? Ryuji Kaji right now, folks, right now is number 11 on the Best Boy Bulletin. My eyes gravitated uh, actually toward Kirito, so we're, we're kind of in the same vein. We're just in the same area. Okay. Okay. Now, I, I, I'll, I'll say plainly right now, Archer, better character. 100%. 100%. 100%. I want to say that. So I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving you that. So, you know, all, all right. But that's where my first glance went to when he first said the name. I'm like, probably around there, at least to start with. And then. Let's continue. I can see it. We got Karama at number 12 from Yu Yu Hakusho, who I would also, you know, put as a similar arc of, like, someone discovering what it is they care about in humanity and, and learning how to be a human again. Sorry, I, li I like, I like wow. Archer more than Karama. Wow. Yeah. I... Yeah. Hmm... Do I like Archer more than Ryuji Kaji? 
That's tough. Who's got the better arc? Who's got the better character arc? I'm... We got Kaji starting off... Underneath Kaji. Underneath Kaji. Is it going to happen? Underneath Kaji. Okay, okay. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Go with your underneath gut. Underneath Kaji. I don't like him more than Ryuji Kaji. I'm sorry, Archer. I love you. That is a tough That's call, tough. though. You're okay with that? Okay. Yep, I'm okay with that. I, I, I do like Ryuji Kaji. Oh. I just love that suave debonair and that that grin they can just they both have great exits too archer has that great exit where he swoops back in saves rin and then just disappears into the into the void ah so good so archer unfortunately does not crack the top 10 of the best boy bulletin that slots him in as the new number 12 since it's been a while since we've done the best boy bulletin, I will say number one is Roy Mustang. Number two is Lelouch Lamperluge from Code Geass. Number three is Yusuke from Yu Yu Hakusho. Number four is Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Number five, Kuabara from Yu Yu Hakusho. Number six, Gon from Hunter Hunter. Number seven, Hide from Tokyo Ghoul. Number eight, Howls Jenkins Pendragon from Howls Moving Castle. Number nine, Hyakamaru from Dororo. Number ten, Astro from Astro Boy. Plan, Archer. At least Rin is still in the top ten. She is right now. Rin is sitting at number seven. She's, she's been, been there for a while. Pretty um, in, the, in the top ten, anyway. Uh, well, he's been there for a while. You know, we've seen a lot of characters drop real fast in the past. No, our our top ten for Not the Rin. for the best girls and for the best boys has stayed fairly consistent for a minute. I would say it might be time to shake shake something up. I mean. We've shook up some things before. We got some number twos that True. were sh- shaking True. up both lists for a while. Well, that does bring us to the end so of another close. episode of Weeb Weekly. If you'd like to suggest someone for the wife who watched the Best Boy Bolt, and if you'd like to share your thoughts on Fate, Heaven's Feel, 3, Spring Song, and how good Aimee's song is in it, you can, of course, do that by writing into weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, Steve, where can people find you at? You can find me at Save Cosplay on Twitter and at Save Point Cosplay on Instagram. And you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all major social media platforms. And now, of course, we come to Steve's Hot Take, where Steve gives you a nice hot take with zero context and zero explanation, and that is just the end of the show. So, without further ado, Steve, what's your hot take? Samurai Shampoo is a great show. However, it does hold the honor of probably having one of the worst filler episodes ever in anime history, and that is, of course, Cosmic Collisions, episode 22, as we get the near the end of our entire arc trying to find the samurai that smells of sunflowers after the amazing episode where they play baseball and baseball blues we get a very strange episode with our gang fighting zombies that's completely out of place you can skip this one if you're watching samurai shampoo and you re-watch don't watch it terrible episode thank you good night